Well, Paulie, we are on a roll here. Episode number two of the Ruchi Strengthcast. Welcome to all of our listeners out there. Welcome, everybody. It will be interesting, interesting to see if we can keep this pace up, Daniel. Look, one episode per day is probably uh, not going to be sustainable long term. However, just to knock a few runs on the board, so to speak, yeah. um, probably going to try and get a few done pretty quickly just so we've got some content up. We had a lot of good feedback with our first one, which was nice. It's only been a day, Paul. I know. That was yeah, nice indeed. We're actually still waiting on iTunes to approve our podcast and get it up. At the moment, you'll find it on Spotify and on podbean.com as well. So if you are interested in listening to the first one again, I suggest you check out those channels. Otherwise, hopefully in the next day or two, the iTunes podcast will be approved. Pretty sure it'll gain a lot more traction on iTunes, yeah? Amazing. So, episode number two, what we have decided to talk about today is novice powerlifting competitions. A couple of reasons. The first one is we run and have been running many novice comps pretty much since we opened the doors here at Ruchi's Gym in the 2012 of June. And every year it seems to just grow and explode Huge. out of proportion. Yep. The powerlifting has actually grown almost exponentially in the last, especially the last two to three years. And, uh, Can you quote your data source, please, Daniel? Poorly. I do not have any numbers apart from the anecdotal data that I have on our own facility. However, I think on open powerlifting, I think they have some pretty good data as well. But that's not novice competitions. No, but it would give an indication of growth of the sport. Well, we kind of know all of our novice comps in the last two years have sold out. And we've been running four novice comps a year. Yeah, so yeah that's right. You're talking if you know a few hundred starts a year, which is quite Easily. significant. So we know just for based on the numbers in our novice, our own novice competitions that um, the sport is definitely it's probably approaching four hundred starts. Probably, quite yeah, it probably because be, you got two, two, you got a, a it's two. It's actually three hundred exactly. Well, there you go. I did say approaching. You got three <laughs> one-day meets, and you have it's actually a bit over three hundred. Yeah. Um, but look, the reason we've also decided to talk about novice powerlifting comps is because. We get heaps and heaps of questions about the, the meets. And so we just wanted to clear a few things up and sort of go through some of the um, the do's and don'ts for, for lifters and for new coaches. And also just to discuss the novice competition in terms of, you know, what are they? Why we have them? Maybe talk a little bit about weight classes. Um, people asking or us do about we bench need weight classes. Man, that's another topic completely. People asking us about records and who and winners and how is a winner calculated. Um, so we kind of wanted to touch on those points. Also wanted to discuss things like um, if you were looking at entering your first novice comp, how would you prepare? If you prepared at all, mm -hmm. and should you prepare at all? Um, get some game game day tips and common errors that lifters and coaches tend to make on game day. Um, so let's just start off with novice powerlifting. Let's look at the word novice poorly. So yes, let's define that. So look. I think people really misunderstand the use of the word novice when it comes to novice powerlifting competitions. Novice is related to the experience of the lifter, not necessarily their strength level. Wouldn't you agree, Paulie? I would 100% agree with that. We've made, we've seen some very strong people come in novice competitions, but make novice errors, and that's what you're talking about. Correct. We're actually 
focusing on the experience level of the lifter. So if we've seen some really strong guys come through, for example, that can maybe deadlift, you know, close to 300, but it might have been their first competition. So the, the word novice is really relating to their experience on the platform mm-hmm. because powerlifting is so much more than just performing a squat, ben- bench and deadlift. There's yep. regulation and rules and equipment and all those sorts of things. Tactics. Tactics. All those sorts of things that um, sort of get wrapped up into the sport yep. of powerlifting. So for those of you out there who are looking at entering a novice meet, don't worry too much about the numbers on the bar because it's really more about getting you on the platform, getting you experience. And from a meet director's point of view for both Paul and I, it's really, and a promoter, because obviously we promote the sport of powerlifting, it's really about making sure you guys walk away with the most incredible experience possible. Yep. With the goal that you hopefully then opt in and decide to take on powerlifting as your sport long term. Exactly. So after a novice competition, you might, for example, I mean, obviously you can enter one or more novice competitions. That's okay. But eventually, once you've decided to opt in, um, you would then look at the options for federations. Uh, Paul, why don't you talk a little bit about federations and sort of the options for novice lifters looking to then move into actual sanctioned competition? Well, 100%. After a few novice comps, look, there are people as well who like to continue to do novice competitions and, you know, they use them as a means to, you know, perhaps test their lifts, um, you know, test their skills and so on. But people who opt into powerlifting then have the task of deciding sort of the federation they would like to lift in. And, And look, nowadays you can lift in multiple federations as well, which is great. So, you know, you, you've obviously got in, in WA, there's, there's quite a few different um, ways you can go about it. You can choose to lift in the GPC, the APU, there's obviously powerlifting straight that you can still lift in, in, in as well. And also there's some WAPA um, local competitions that you can lift in as well. So what I would do as a novice, um, as a novice looking into um, sanctioned competition uh, is to investigate the options and determine which, which one is the right fit for you. Correct. And if you have a coach, maybe speak to your coach about it. The, the lifters that Paul and I work with, obviously we give them all the information and we let the lifter decide. We, you know, and, and really some of the things you might consider when deciding what federation to lift in is things like drug testing, um, equipment, for example. In GPC, we have knee wraps. We use the mono. We use specialty bars. Um, the number of competitions per year in that federation. Yes, absolutely. How much opportunity there is to step onto the platform. Yep. The quality of the competitions. Exactly. The competition quality in terms of competitiveness. Are you going to be up against other lifters who um, push you to your which limit? Which is what you want. Which is really what everyone's after is that competition. And also the quality of the competitions. You know, Look at the type of meat you want to lift at. You know, you know, Are the staff good? Is the refereeing good? All those. I mean, you can make up your own mind, but at the end of the day, um, we don't really care where you lift as long as you're lifting. Absolutely. So again, the novice meets are really about making sure people get this awesome experience. And opt in. That's really what it's, it's really about. a stepping stone onto powerlifting. Absolutely. It's kind of like a, just a gym meet um, and, and we just throw the rules of powerlifting around it. The barrier to entry in novice comps are a lot lower. So it means that, for example, you don't have to have... Um, a membership for a federation which can cost, cost you up to 100 bucks or more maybe more yeah for a year right. also the equipment you don't have to wear a soft suit there's not an approved equipment list so if you're lifting in the in the APU slash IPF they have an approved equipment list so there's only certain brands of equipment you can use and also products within those brands as well correct so yep. it, the barrier to entry is quite low it's very easy to participate in a novice comp you just pay your entry fee rock up on the day do your thing 
and um, hopefully again you walk away with that experience that we want you to have yeah, I mean, hopefully as well the, the event promoter sort of um, walks everyone through the process and helps everyone through the process of yeah. doing that meet as well yeah so what we do here at Ruchi's Gym is um, 30 or 40 minutes before the start of the competition we do a lifters briefing we, you know, we address any questions or concerns we try and put everyone at ease because at the end of the day if you're coming into a novice comp Guaranteed you're going to be nervous. I mean, I'm still nervous when I compete. Anxiety levels will be very high. But just remember, everyone is in the same position you are. So it's kind of like a safety in numbers. Exactly. Also, Um, not just on meet day, but we take and we give people as much information pre-competition day as possible. True. And obviously, there's an open channel of communications. They can call, they can email, they can Facebook, they can Twitter, they can... Absolutely. You know, there's all these channels now for communication. We don't use Twitter, but that's cool, man. Okay, cool. (laughs) Maybe we should. But absolutely, like anyone who's got any questions feel free to get in contact with us hopefully we can cover as much of that in this podcast as possible um, and in the future when someone asks about novice comps we're going to hopefully direct them to this oh, podcast yeah. as a, a good starting source point. of information yeah absolutely the other some of the so that kind of explains why we have novice competitions um, the other questions that we get a lot of about um, records and you know what standard do I have to be and in order to compete and, and how do qualification people qualification as well we this type of thing yeah. um and we pretty much, and you'll find that most meat directors in Australia who run novice meat competitions will give you the same response. The numbers don't actually matter that much. It's a novice meat. It's not about the numbers. It's really about the experience. At the end of the day, if you're a new lifter coming onto the platform and you're, um, you get that experience, then you work your way through to sanctioned competition. And that's when you can start looking at progression yeah. through the sport. I mean, the only thing I will say about, about numbers is I think it is very important to achieve as many good lifts as possible and you know with the whole nine from nine um you know thing that everyone talks about i think it's very important because if you come away from a novice meet and you miss you know the majority of your lifts that does not set you up um for the next competition and it does not lead someone into having a great um you know event or you know great experience Experience, yeah yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, weight classes here at Rucci's gym. Um, we've we well, do have a Wayne. We do have a Wayne, um, and we use the weight cl- the GPC weight classes, um, and we do a Wayne. We do allow a twenty four Wayne here as well. And obviously, that's just good for practice. Some meet directors over Reese, for example, Cheryl Burley Strength have recently had um, good friend Cheryl. He's recently had a novice comp with no weight class. And also no Wayne. No weight class, no Wayne. Literally so. just raw. And it kind of takes the pressure and the focus off competition and puts the, the focus back on... On fun. On having it, just having yeah. a good time because yeah. that's what it's all about. We're, all, we're only here to lift weight from point A to point B. We're here to have a good time. And let's and that's what really the novice comps are about, you know? That so It reminds me of, of uh, what that comedian said in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Of What's course. that? You know, uh, I'm going from A to B. Got nothing to do with C. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Now, the novice comps, we don't celebrate winners. We do provide the score sheet, but at the end of the day, there's no medals or trophies because, again, it's not about that. Once you get to sanctioned competition, then you start looking at winning, you know, your podium winners. You start looking at uh, records, national records, for example, etc. Qualification opportunities. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that kind of sort of wraps up the concept of the novice comp. Yeah. Um, in terms of what they're used for. Another question that we do get sometimes is like, is, is there sort of a minimum standard or do you have to yes. be lifting a minimum amount of weight or something like that? Correct. I mean, the answer to that is obviously no. There is no minimum requirement in terms of strength levels, but I will say you do have to be able to perform the lift to the technical um, you know, aspect of the lift. So, you know, basically get wide light. So you, you need to have the mobility to squat deep enough. You know, you need to be able to 
cause the bar on your chest and so on, you know, these types of things. Yeah, so absolutely. There is no minimum strength requirement, but you do obviously have to adhere to the rules of the sport. Exactly, yeah. We do provide links to the rule book. Um, so you are able to sort of uh, look forward, read ahead, so to speak. Yeah, a lot of people come in and use the equipment, you know, sort of a week or two before the comp as well, yep. just to familiarize themselves with what they're going to be using. Yep. That helps a lot, actually. Exactly. All right, let's move on, Paulie. Let's look at preparation tips and advice for new lifters. So, look, obviously when we're working with elite lifters um, and lifters competing in sanctioned meets, we do go through a more formal preparatory phase of training with them. Obviously because, you know, to get the level of preparedness at the optimum is a lot more difficult than a novice lifter who can literally almost hit their one rep max almost every day. Yeah, pretty much. It's much more difficult, for example, for right to squat 358 kilos every day than it is for someone who's just starting out to squat 100 kilos every day absolutely so the preparation um, can look very different for an elite lifter and a novice so in terms of the novice Mm. let's just assume obviously your strength levels are sort of you know sort of beginner level to intermediate um you know there's a few ways to tackle this i remember when paul and i first did our our first meet we didn't have some elaborate peaking block slash cycle um we literally just trained the last week of the, we the t- week... We, we, we did our, hit our openers we on hit, the Monday. Uh, so the week of the comp, on the Monday we hit opening attempts. And then on the weekend we had the comp. And then we competed on Sunday. And that's literally what we did and it worked well for us then. And to be yeah. honest, most people entering novice comps can do that today. Yeah. People Look, I are, mean, there, there are a group obviously of novice um, competitors coming in who are, you know, if they're the strong, you know, a strong girl or guy, I mean, they could probably obviously use some sort of, a, um, you know, a, a general... A, a, yeah, specific peaking um, cycle for the comp. But really what novice lifters need to concentrate on is how do you get on that platform and get wild lights? You have yep. to know what the referee calls are. You need to know what the technical aspects of the lifts are. You need to know how to... Um, your attempt selection has to be, you know, sort of good. Some of the mistakes which novices do make, which we'll talk about is they overestimate their lifts on the platform. So... Our general recommendation really is for an opener to be extremely easy. Yeah, something that you can easily triple in training. I mean, I would say even lighter than that, to be honest. Yeah, Yeah. an easy triple on any any given day. Yeah, so, you know, something very, very light. And then your second, you know, that's when you bring in your game. And your third, you know, might be a small PB, something like that. Yeah, exactly. The idea is hopefully you walk away with no missed lifts and you get nine from nine attempts. And you walk away a happy person. I mean, obviously, it's also nice to get a, like a little PB on the platform. Yeah, you know, that's nice of course. as well. Um, Absolutely. And yeah. what we find with our um, novice lifters is that when we um, get them to the platform, they normally do very, very well. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we do take them through a more formal um, phase yeah. of training um, because we also, for, pract- for practice for them, because then ongoing from that, um, we'll be preparing them for a sanctioned competition and it helps if they've already gone through the process. Yeah. Um, but look, yeah, you know, again, preparation tips. If you are new, don't you don't have to tra- change your training to reflect the competition coming up. You can literally do what you're normally doing. Just train, and then in your last maybe two or three weeks, two or three weeks like out, maybe try some heavy stuff. Don't go too crazy, um, you know, and just sort of see where you are because it can give you an idea of sort of the attempt selection you might make on the day. Exactly. On the day. Exactly. Um, but I wouldn't worry about an elaborate peaking block or anything like that. I mean, I mean, some, you, mean you can if you want to. Yeah. It's not completely necessary. No. Um, the most important thing, again, is to sort of gauge your strength levels, to dial in your attempt selection. 
your opener is especially important and to also start learning the referee commands you know when you're training especially in the last two or three weeks reinforce those referee calls have your coach or your training partner give you the referee calls while you're lifting um, you know go through the rule book familiarize yourself with sort of what's going to happen on the day you know go online to YouTube onto uh, or onto livepowerlifting.tv ha start having a look at some novice comps get the feel for the flow yeah. I think that's what's important. I mean, all of our live broadcasts are available on our YouTube channel, and we've been uh, live broadcasting our events now for over a year, a year and a half almost now. Yeah. So go back and watch some of the novice meets. See how they run. See how the platform runs. Exactly. And you can actually learn a lot just from watching those meets because we do provide a lot of information and stats on the live feed, such as the lifter, the weight, you know, um, There's actually a lot of good attempts. advice um, on the live feed as well because, you know, Paul Thomas actually, you know, gives a lot of really good advice during a novice meet um, you know yeah, picking so things up that, exactly so yeah. find one where Paul uh, Thomas is commentating and he actually provides a really lot of good really good information exactly, to the viewers exactly. so that may help as well yeah so that's it for sort of preparation tips um, I, mean, I, I mean on top of that I would definitely suggest you know coming in before a comp especially if you haven't been here before yeah it's familiarize really, it yourself can be really settling to get on the main platform here have a bit of a training session get your pin heights you know, you know, I think it could help calm the nerves a bit. Yeah, absolutely. And we've had that, had that yeah, quite a lot yeah, lately. It's very popular, yeah. 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 Obviously, the more familiar you are with the competition environment, the, the better off you'll be, the less stress yeah. you'll be, the less anxiety, um, and you'll yeah. perform better, right? Obviously, you want to control stress. You want to calm the nervous system in the last, last week so that you're actually exactly. performing well. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it in terms of how you, you might prepare for a novice competition. There is a other, another side of preparation, and that is... Do you or do you not perform a weight cut for a, for a weigh-in? Ah, uh, yes. Right. So the good old weight cut. I mean, I mean, our our recommendation would be, um, you know, do not do not perform any weight cut for a novice powerlifting meet, because no. Yeah. I mean, Hell no. There are no winners in terms of you know we don't hand out gold medals and stuff for um, and there is no qualification process that hangs on the off the back of these uh, meets or anything like that. I I would um. Seriously, use this as an opportunity just to reduce a stressor, and do not worry about like cutting yeah. for a, for, a, for a weight. Trying to actually perform a weight cut for a novice comp, it, 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 unless you're an experienced lifter who's working their way back to the platform and you're just using it as a practice. Yeah. As a new lifter, honestly, you're Even just adding then. more stress to the whole preparation. It's exactly. just not worth it. Yeah. We've actually seen quite a few novices come in, perform actually quite large um, weight cuts not do well and then they haven't competed again yeah and then you wonder gee i wonder if their weight cut uh, was yeah. responsible for that negative experience that they had yeah you know, it probably was to be honest but who knows but yeah. at the end of the day i think it, you know it's just a novice comp it's a stepping stone onto bigger things and if oh, people it's a just, necessary step yeah. you know i mean we've, we've had like you know, and here's another piece of advice don't be the hero mm -hmm. you know we've seen a couple of times you have a guy he's pretty strong He's entered two, three, four novice comps because he thinks he's in inverted commas. He's winning, um, you know, and he gets to lift the heaviest on the day. Like, don't be that guy. <laughs> you know, use the novice comp as your stepping stone. Step into sanctioned competition. Compete against, um, you know, mature, elite um, oh, power mature lifters, lifters who have been lifting for a while, and that's really where your growth will come. Yeah. Competing against beginners and thinking you're winning, that's just being a hero. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't be oh, that guy. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not also, like, when you enter a sanction meet, not also do you lift against 
lifters who are physically stronger, but you're also lifting against lifters who are much more experienced in powerlifting. Exactly. You know, their preps are dialed in, their wanes are dialed in, their attempt selections dialed in, the way they approach the platform dialed in, Absolutely. everything dialed in. And you can see that and you can learn from that as well. Oh, you can tell the difference between someone who's been doing this a while yeah. and then someone who's green regardless of their strength level actually absolutely yeah. the strength level has nothing to do with experience it kind of goes um it kind of mirrors training a little bit mm -hmm. when you talk about strength and skill yep you know what i mean yeah um we've seen extremely strong people but not highly technical no um and then you know obviously if you get them more technical you can get them stronger long term Oh, it's kind of the same thing. You're going to have to drop the ego for a bit, but yeah. Yeah, but that's okay. And that's, you know, it is what it is. Yep. And we've worked with a lot of guys that have come in, have been relatively strong, and they've had to take a bit of an ego cut just to go through that skill build, that uh, skill building that process. Acceleration of you know, when you're trying to build that technical base, because obviously that's going to facilitate growth long term, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they take an ego hit, and then eventually, after a while, you start to see them, the smile back on their dial so to speak exactly. you know, they start to see the outcome of the sacrifice they've made in a way yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah that's kind of like um, getting onto a different topic one we could actually discuss in another podcast but um, again preparation tips so I've got a few things written down here that we wanted to go through as well and one was about game day what do you do on game day um, there's a few things here Wayne Paul's already discussed the Wayne well, the first I, mean, thing I mean game day obviously very important let's just take it back maybe 12 hours the, the, you need to um, hour by hour you need, well you know I think you need to have good nutrition um, pre-game day um, you know like don't starve yourself for a wane for example yeah and also you know get a really good night's sleep yep. make sure your bag's packed and you've got a checklist of everything you need it's all in the bag you're ready to go if you need if someone's going to be driving you to the event make sure you've organized you know the driver what time they're going to come pick you up that way you're not sitting there on your porch looking at your phone or your watch waiting for your driver you want to sort of reduce all that ang that anxiety, yep. uh, you know, sort of producing um, yep. circumstances. Absolutely. So I would say, like, have a checklist of what you need. Make sure you're ready to go. When you get here, you're probably already going to have been weighed in because it's a 24-hour weigh-in. So you would have come the day before to weigh in. Possibly. We yeah. do have same-day weigh-ins available. Yep. So, so when you do get here, I would, um, you know, so, sort of get here, make your way into the warm-up room. Um, always check your details on the computer screens at the back on the screens at the back um, if they are visible make sure first of all that you're on the screen somewhere you know make sure that I mean make sure they got your weight and your age right and all those types of things and the big one is make sure they have your opening attempts correct <laughs> imagine putting in an opening attempt of a hundred kilo squat in the wane and a human error has produced a 200 kilo opening squat <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true very true. Yeah. That just that's part of any sort of comp. Make sure that on the score sheet um, before the comp all the details are correct. Yeah. Um, warm ups. Well So we have a shared warm up room at the back here at Ruchi's gym and look to be honest, there is plenty of equipment. Yep. Um, you know, with there's three monos, there's what well, and there's three combos, so they double as squat stands, so you basically have six places to squat. There's three competition benches and the combo, so there's six places to bench. There's three deadlift platforms, all the specialty bars, all there's two thousand or two and a half thousand kilos of calibrated weight. Everything you need in that warm area is there for you. Yeah. Now you you do have to um, be adults and share. Not everyone has their own mono. Yeah. But we do limit the flights to fifteen, maybe twenty in the novice meet sometimes. So 
you know, just, and we all, we've always said this and, um, you know, and I always bring this up in the briefing. Powerlifting is a team sport played by individuals, okay? So in the warm-up area, for example, you're a team back there. You're all sharing equipment, help each other, load bars, make sure people are safe, spot, load, be there for each other. On the platform, you're obviously lifting by yourself, but, you know, as an individual, but there's a team around you making sure that, that can happen. There's your spotters and loaders, there's referees, there's people on the scorer's desk. Fellow competitors. You know? Yep. And Coaches. so really make sure that you um, show some gratitude for the people that are volunteering their time to make sure that you get to lift. So that's another important one. In fact, one thing I always say is, you know, if you're on the platform and, you know, you failed an attempt and the spotters, the spotters have um, peeled you up off the floor or whatever the case may be, always turn around and, you know, fist pump or shake the hand of those spotters. You know, I think that's a nice way of showing gratitude. Absolutely. And trust me, the spotters will appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate it, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. So with warm-ups though, so that's kind of about the warm-up area. Now, the, an important theory about warm-up is, remember, it's a warm-up, not a workout. Mm -hmm. So you only have to work up to just under what your opening attempt would be. You don't yeah. have to work up to your opening attempt. We've seen uh, novice lifters in the warm-up area warm up to more than their opening attempt. I've seen, well... One of the big mistakes we see novice lifters do is, um, or fail in the warm-up room, or Correct. Um, or squat, for example, that's two or three inches too high. This would indicate that either technically your squat is not up to par, or your just too open area is too is too much. It's just too heavy, heavy. Um, and that's why you know that's when you have a key, you know if you've got a, a keen eye watching you, a good coach or handler, they can point these things out. Yeah. But you should definitely not be failing in the warm-up room. You should de you should not be going to 100 plus or more percent of your opener. <laughs> that is for certain. <laughs> so it's just the warm up. It's just the warm up. So keep it keep it simple. Yeah, really. Keep it simple. Um, exactly. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, referee calls. Something that novice lifters always mess up. Well, can we go back to warm ups for a minute? Uh, yes, absolutely. Obviously, the timing of your warm ups is very important. So the first thing about timing is because the warm up area is a shared. Um, it's a sh shared facility you should be warming up whilst the next the flight in front of you is lifting yes. so if you're in flight That's pretty standard. three you should be warming up when flight four is lifting no flight two is lifting that's what I meant yeah sorry <laughs> we know what you meant yeah you know what I meant um, so yeah so you should be warming up when the flight in front of you is lifting um, because like Dan said there's not 35 monos at the back there's three, and there's obviously three combos. So you can't have 40 people warming up on the equipment all at once. Um, but you can be doing some generic or general warm-ups at the back. You know, some people do some general work, some roll, firm rolling, yeah, that's stretching, fine. mobility work. That's fine. We have a big area at the back, the grass yeah. area as well, which a lot of people hang out and do their firm rolling and mobility stretching. Even massage therapists come. Yeah, and sometimes treat. physios bring some and tables That's okay. Out yeah, stuff. That's absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, Daniel. No, 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 it's all good. Yeah, uh, referee calls. Referee so we're commands. quickly going to go through the referee commands for novice lifters. So the, basically what happens is the spotters and loaders will load the bar to the weight that you've um, elected. Let's just say, for example, you're opening your squat on 100 kilos. The bar will be loaded. The head referee will call bar is loaded and, will, and also the MC should signal, signal that as well. When they call bars loaded, that is your time to step onto the platform. You have 60, then 60 seconds to commence your lift. Um, each lift has commands which the head referee will give you. Uh, basically, you have to wait for the head referee to give you those commands before you can execute that particular part of the lift. Correct. We'll start with the squat. The squat is very simple. It has two commands. They call bars loaded. You step onto the platform. You can unrack the bar at your, at your will. 
once the head referee deems you are ready to start, so you've got the bar on your back, you're standing up, and your knees are locked out, you'll get a squat command. The head referee will signal down with his hand and call squat. At that point, you will bend your knees, hopefully get the hip crease below the top of the knee, shoot back up, lock the knees out. Once you're locked out, the head referee will give you the rack command. You will then proceed to pull the bar um, or rack the bar back into the monolift or the combo, yep. whatever equipment you're using. And then you look up at the beautiful lights in the sky and hopefully you get three white lights. Three white lights is what so you there, want. there are three referees. There's a head ref and two side refs. You just need majority decision for a good lift. So two whites gives you a good lift. Two reds gives you a bad lift. Yep. What we do recommend is if you do get a red light, make sure you always ask the referees what that was for. That way you can you know, make a change on your next attempt. Absolutely. Or you can use it as part of your selection process for your next attempt. Exactly. So for example, if you're, you're, your opening squat's 100 kilos and you get one red and it, that was indicated for depth, you may not go to 410. You may go 107 as an example yeah um so that's a really important aspect of um you're sort of learning the process of attempt selection yep the other thing that might be worth noting dan is um when you're doing a novice competition at ruchi's um, we do use the, uh, the the mono lift or the squat machine now in the gpc you do have to use um the automatic feature of the gate and you're not allowed to walk your weight out but in novice meets, you are allowed to walk the way. Yeah, out. we and do allow it. And all you'd have to do is let the gate handler or the center spotter know that you're going to be walking it out and that they won't throw the gate for you. Okay? Yeah. So you're allowed to do that as well. Yeah, pretty straightforward. Yeah. Paul, do you want to discuss the bench commands? Yep, the bench. Okay, cool. So actually the bench is probably the one where most people fail um, the referee course simply because there's three of them. So there's just more. And, and also, you can't see the ref. Yeah, you can't see the ref as well. So when you're facing, uh, you know, you're laying down on the bench, the referee is actually seated directly behind you. So A, you can't see the referee, and B, sometimes um, it's quite, it can be difficult to hear them. But what we usually do is we make um, an exemption and we turn, you know, we, turn we sort of turn the music down. Yeah, we turn the know, tunes so you can down. Actually hear. Yep. Yeah, so bench, boring. <laughs> yeah, look, bench is kind of the rest between the squat and the deadlift. Hence, while we're laying down. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's go back to the referee <laughs> calls. <laughs> what do they say, Daniel? You know, squat to build your total, bench press to uh, to rest, deadlift to win. Correct. Yeah. Anyway, so back to the bench. So you get that bars loader command. You make your way onto the platform. You lay down on the bench. You set yourself up. You unrack, or you pull the bar out of the rack. You're at full extension of your elbows, and. And then the referee, once the referee's happy that you're at full extension and you're in control and ready to, to, um, to bench, he will shout, start. And the start cue is your call to lower the bar in a controlled manner to your chest. You must stop the bar on your chest. Once the bar becomes motionless, the chief referee will shout, press, press. And this is your cue to shoot that bar off your chest to full extension of your, your arms and then hold it and then the referee will then shout rack and then that's your cue to put the bar back in the rack so those three cues are start press rack remember those cues they're very important and then now onto the deadlift i suppose dan deadlift okay the deadlift look paul and i again would prefer the deadlift to be swapped out for a strict curl oh but so that's good. for another episode we're not really big on deadlifting but can appreciate it <laughs> pulling dead weight off the floor not really i think yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. The deadlift is a lot simpler than the other two. The, the competition doesn't start till the deadlift hits the floor. Only one command with the deadlift, so 
the uh, MC and head ref will call bar is loaded bar is loaded you step jump run crawl onto the platform however you've got to get there you pull the bar when you're at your when you're ready the head ref once he's deemed that you have locked out the knees and the hips and have a neutral shoulder position you will get a down command he'll signal down with his hand you then have to basically lower the bar in a controlled manner down to the floor. Mm-hmm. And really, as long as your hands are on the bar, you're allowed to let the bar drop under its own weight with gravity. Make sure it doesn't rattle around. Let go of the bar. Again, you should get the three I mean, obviously, lights. that's the worst way to get red lights. You've yes. dropped the bar or you've you put it down in an uncontrolled manner. Correct. So make yeah. sure you keep your hands on the bar and don't slam or drop the bar down. Exactly. Now, look, there is one thing that um, we will mention in, in this novice combat for first-time lifters that you're going to make mistakes. 100%. You're going to get red lights for a plethora of different things. Bar dipping, ass off the bench, foot movement. Missed calls. You name it. It's yeah. probably going to happen. You know what? I wouldn't worry too much about it. It's a, Remember, you're not failing. You're learning you're something. Learning. The Novice Comp is all about learning. It's about making mistakes. It's about setting you up for the next meet. It's about getting that experience on the platform. Every competition you do, you're going to learn something. You're going to take something away from it and you're going to improve um, improve on your competition experience and your performance for the next one. Exactly. That's what it's all about. It's about building experience on top of experience. Exactly. One right. thing I do want to say is part of your preparation, not only should you be reinforcing the referee calls, you should be reinforcing the technical aspects of the lift. So the squatting, the big one is depth. You know, yep. the benching, the big one is the pausing of the of the bar on the chest, and in the deadlift is the locking, the full lockout, full extension of the knees, hips, and shoulders. These yeah, that means your knees and hips actually have to be locked out. Yes, and your shoulders have to be neutral. Correct. All right, that pretty much covers the referee calls. Um, attempt selection. So in powerlifting, you get three attempts. You have an opening attempt for each lift. And then you have a second and third. A couple of rules, which people always screw up on the day is, you can only go up, you can't go down. So, for example, True, if you yes. open your squat at 120, you fail your first attempt, you can't go to the scorer's table and tell them to go to 100 on your second. This is why the opening attempt is extremely important. You can only go up and in increments of 2.5 kilos. Yeah, yeah. Now, the other um, question we get a lot is, do I have to provide the weighing staff my openers, seconds, and thirds? No. The answer to that question is no. You only need to provide your openers. Correct. Yeah. And you can change your openers up to five minutes before the start of your flight. So if something goes amiss in your warm-up and you're not feeling it, you have got a little bit of time to readjust your opening numbers. So yes. Don't be afraid to do that either. It's Absolutely. a really good, useful tool. Absolutely. Yeah. And Paul spoke a little bit about attempt selection in the past. The general rule of thumb we use with novice lifters is your opening attempt should be something you can triple quite easily. Your second attempt might be just under your personal best in training or maybe equal to your personal best, yeah, depending on how like it's that. moving. And the third might be your current personal best or maybe you might stretch it a bit further if things are moving well on the day. Come away with a PB. You really want to walk away with nine lifts from nine. So you've made you know, 27 white lights, you get nine from nine, you get a total. You've exactly. got a kind of a baseline of competition performance. Exactly. And then that's something to build on. Build on, yep. And One then thing we must say is that you must get a good lift off each discipline. You must get a good squat, a good bench, and a good deadlift. Yes. Otherwise, you get no total. You bomb. And that's why the opening attempt selection is also really important. Exactly. But hopefully, everyone listens to this advice and uh, everyone goes nine from nine. What do the Hodge twins say, Daniel? I don't know what they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll do whatever the fuck you, you want to do. do. <laughs> We're not quite the Hodge twins. Um, so, that's a little bit about attempt selection. Um, 
that pretty much covers everything on our list. Unless there's anything more you wanted to add, Paulie. Um, I think that that's. I mean, that's pretty much all I think we need to cover about novice competitions yeah. for now. Uh, attempt selections. Look, if anyone has any specific yeah. questions, you can always get in touch. Um, to be honest, just remember that the novice comp is really there as a mechanism for us to try and promote and introduce new lifters to the sport with the goal that they walk away with an incredible experience and then opt in long term. I mean, that's really what it's about. It's not about winning medals, records. It's not really about anything like that other than making sure that lifters have this awesome experience that I we will say to. something well there are no records and there certainly aren't on unofficial records correct there's no such thing as unofficial records there's only records and if you are interested however because everyone's obviously interested in standards and stuff like that of course if you are interested in records you can check out each individual federation's records correct. so you can go to the GPC website you can go to the APU website you can even go to openpowerlifting.org and you can do a search True. for your yep. weight class you know this country and so you can get an idea of what other people are lifting obviously you're going to see the upper echelon of the sport um you know for example if you look at our record boards here at Ruchi's gym you know you're talking about elite records as a novice lifter you may not be anywhere near those records which is absolutely okay because most of us aren't not all you know not everyone is a an elite power lifter or not everyone is going to have the world record not everyone's going to win the gold medal you know often we hear people say things like I'm not going to enter a comp unless I win. Well, you know, if we all had that attitude, no one would be in, no one would no. be competing. And the only way to grow is to compete. You know, Paul and I have seen this quite a lot. People where people say that you never ever see them get onto the platform, no. and you never ever see them make any progress. No, because no. you need to put yourself outside of your comfort zone to grow. That's what growing is about. Mm -hmm. Pull yourself out of there. Step onto the platform. It doesn't matter. We Do a lose. podcast. Sorry. What? Yes. Well, <laughs> this is actually quite outside Paul's comfort zone. The podcast. Not really, to be honest. You know, we're I'm just fine. talking. We're just talking. I'm fine. You know, hopefully, people are learning something. Yes. And if we can make sure that people are getting some good information, then we've done the job, you yeah. know? Yeah. But again, really, the, the Novice Comp is about those things. You can look at the record books from the various federations. You can look on our website if you go to the top menu, you go to Powerlift and get a winner's circle. You can have a look at all of our club records. You can have a look at our top lifts by men and women for each lift as well to get an idea of the standard that we have here at Rucci's Gym, which is quite high. Um, apart from that, you know, like just have have fun. The biggest thing is to have fun. I think that's the key in any um, or any sport, and I, I certainly think in powerlifting. I mean, we just lift in weights. Yeah. You know, let's just have a bit of fun about yeah. it. You know? Look, the novice comps are very much about grassroots powerlifting, which is where we believe uh, growth needs to occur. Um, you know, uh, there are a lot of people who focus on the upper end, and even us, Paul, we've run some nationals. We've got classic nationals here this year. You know, there you're talking to, you're talking about the upper end of the sport. Mm -hmm. But to really get a sport growing, you need to build that base, kind of like training, right? Um, that grassroots level is really, really important. You we have to nurture it. can't put the it. star on the tree without the tree, brother. Absolutely. We need to nurture the growth of the sport and the novice competitions of the way we do it. You can't put the apex on the pyramid without the base. Okay, have you got one more analogy? You can't build the roof without the uh, foundation. Go for another one. Have you got another Shit, one? I'm out. Pause out of analogies. You can't put the roof on the car without the chassis <laughs> <laughs> you can't put a roof on the house without the I said foundation, foundation. You said that? <laughs> all right guys stealing my lines look i think that wraps it up i think you get the point um that's pretty much our perspective on the novice comps and as the meet directors and 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 for you know guys that um promote the sport have been promoting the sport for quite a while that's really what it's all about it's it's not overly complicated it's really just about a three-letter word you can't put the cherry on the cake with having the, the cake fun. itself shut up paul <laughs> it's about having fun so really let's focus on having fun 
and the rest will work itself out. Indeed. All right? I think that wraps up our second podcast, Let's Paulie. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. I can't believe it. Awesome. On a roll here. Hopefully, this will be available on iTunes very soon. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you please subscribe and rate. And like or whatever. And share and do all those things. Social media platforms. We appreciate the support. But um, let's finish off with our our tagline, Rooch. What is it? Catch you on the flip-flop flip flop later. later.